Are you ready? Yeah, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! Gen Nation fam, what is up? What is happening? We live for week five. It's the Gen Nation podcast. We're doing the week five breakdown on DraftKings as always. Three of your hosts coming back at you tonight. We got the trifecta reunited. Ryan here at Ryan Alexander underscore W is where you can find me on Twitter. Joined by Maddie Dickinson at Maddie DFS. And Kev Steele is back this week with us. The Godfather at Fantasy Rat 13 is where you can find him on Twitter. And we got the week five breakdown to get ready for. Man, oh man, it is going to be quite the week, Maddie. Um, it was just me and you last week, and it was pretty straightforward, or not pretty straightforward. There were a lot of spots to kind of talk about. It seems like this week is maybe a little bit even more straightforward than that. We got games being pushed back. The coronavirus is coming into the league and saying, no, 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 we want to try and mess this up for you guys so maddie uh how you doing how was week four ready for week five what's going on with you i'm good i know trying to get through this uh low scoring affair uh watching the bears try to kick a 47 yarder here to take the yeah, lead man. um you know as, as a chicago bears fan yourself you know the kicking woes that that the bears uh have endured the last couple of years but it looks like he drilled it right down the middle and the bears take the lead so let's go uh, santos at least we got a good, exciting game here on Thursday. This game's, you know, it's a little low scoring than the fiasco we had last week between the the Jets and the Broncos. But, hey, week five, new week. We're back. We're ready to, you know, bring the fire. Absolutely. We're going to bring the fire. So let's get let's get into this slate, Maddie. And, and before we do, just want to shout out to everybody who's joining in. We appreciate you guys watching us late late on Thursday night. If you're if you're not listening to this tomorrow, everybody who's watching live, we appreciate you. You guys can subscribe to us on, on iTunes. You guys can watch this on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope. We appreciate all that. Subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Rate and review the podcast. Rate and review it on your podcast softwares. We really appreciate that. Follow the DJ Nation on Twitter at DJ Nation Pod. So, so yeah, Maddie, we, we're kind of touching on the slate. I think, you know, we got Buffalo, Tennessee that's moved off of this slate. That's kind of depressing. I was looking forward to playing some Josh Allen this week on a main slate finally, but uh, won't get that chance. Uh, looks like New England uh, and, and Denver has moved to Monday night. So we get that off of the slate as well. We got new look, new look Jets that are coming in. Flacco starting. Le'Veon Bell's activated from the IR. And then we got Dwayne Haskins benched. Kyle Allen becomes the starter. Uh, he was the starter in Carolina with Ron Rivera, with Scott Turner, who's now the offense coordinator in Washington. So a lot going on there. Alex Smith, the backup. Haskins is 100% officially benched. And we have games on the slate, Maddie, where a lot of the ownership is going, right? We got uh, 
big game with Atlanta and Carolina that should see uh, a ton of love. We got um, games that are, you know, expecting blowouts with Kansas City and the Vegas Raiders. Um, games that people love, you know, they want to play Cowboys. They want to play the Giants in a bounce back spot in the NFC East. So this slate has a lot to offer us, Maddie. And um, it seems like, you know, we don't have to go that far to be contrarian possibly this week, but that's not music to my ears because I love to be contrarian. Yeah, no, me too. Like last week we had all those, what was it, eight totals over 50? Um, yeah. so a lot of them were close spreads. So, you know, there was a lot of great spots where you could just be different and not feel like you were, you know, being suboptimal. So this week's a little bit different because uh, there's six totals over 50, but four of them are games where it's spread of nine points or higher. So you're you're looking at a couple lopsided victories projected by Vegas. So um, I think nailing those offenses that are big home favorites or big favorites in general uh, that's going to be important because those are going to be you know the teams that score the most points. But on the other side, if you can get maybe one of those games where an offense on the other side that's a that's a big underdog you know if you can get them to keep it close you're looking at a, a massive game stack potential because you know the home the the big favorite's going to put up points regardless and if the if the underdog can push them on the other side then that's when you get those nuclear uh those nuclear outcomes so um two games are really you know two games that are really catching my eye and then i i need to figure out what if i'm going to stack a third game for my third team or if I'm going to, you know, make a couple different variations of the one game that I am just absolutely in love with this week. So we'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah, well, let's let's get in and talk talk about it uh, with these games. So we let's get into the positional breakdowns as we always do. We talk about our favorites at the positions and start off with quarterback this week. And uh, we have Dak on this week and Dak has been the guy in DFS for this year. I mean, they've talked about it. I feel like at nauseum on NFL Network, ESPN, you can't turn it up TV on without hearing about how Dak's on pace for 6,000 yards passing or whatever the hell he's on pace for and just going to, you know, he could obliterate the record and all of this stuff. And Dak's pretty much been an optimal play, I feel like, you know, if not in back-to-back weeks for back-to-back-to-back weeks um, with matchups against Seattle. He had the, the matchup last week. Uh, against Cleveland and now he gets another matchup this week against the Giants who really haven't been able to stop uh, anybody um, as far as passing but you know I guess the Rams had something to say about that last week and the ugly win that they got Uh, but you know it should be another good spot for him I know it starts there for a lot of people but let's talk about our three favorites at the weekend Kev you were you weren't with us last week to kind of talk about it I, I know myself I really wasn't on uh, Dak, I had more Zeke, um, which was frustrating with Tony Pollard voturing a touchdown. He still kind of got there for some people. But uh, for Kev, for you this week, is it? are you going back to the Dak well? Uh, do you like the other guy in that game, or is it somewhere else completely different for you this week? Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't really have any uh... – like there, there's no great stats to bring up and talking about Daniel Jones and how and how he can exploit the Cowboys defense because they've been so bad. But I think we kind of knew this going into the season that this first four weeks of the season for them was going to be really rough because of the, the matchups that they had. I think for me, if Daniel Jones is going to be as low owned as what he looks like he's going to be, I think he's a great play. I mean, this, this Cowboys defense is, is really bad. So I, I do I like the other side of the ball attacking with with Daniel Jones and going with you know and it's such a cheap stack too where you can go Daniel Jones Darius Slayton and Evan Ingram and you're spending very little salary to do it. 
And what what about Golden Tate for you? Well, I guess we'll talk about it at, at wide receiver. But I, you know, we we were talking in the in the three man chat earlier this week. I know you had um, brought up some stats just about what was being successful in DFS with stacking the quarterback with two pass catchers, uh, running back with one other pass catcher. So when you're looking at these quarterbacks that you're looking to get into your lineups, are you looking? for sure to pair them with two pass catchers, just one, run it back with one, or, or how are you attacking it just from an overall um, standpoint from these teams? Yeah, I mean, so if you look at it the last, I think it's been, the, what, the last three weeks, the the winning Millie Maker lineup had a quarterback, two pass or two wide receivers, and then running it back with the op- opponent. You know, you know, last week it was, what, uh, Dak and, and Amari and, and CeeDee Lamb, and then running it back with Odell well, it was kind of the play. Um, yeah. And I, I, I think that's probably the most optimal approach, and I, I don't think anything is going to change to continue, or I don't think anything is going to change on that. No, and, and I think that if you think about that, you know, the correlation makes a ton of sense, right? If you've got a GPP-winning quarterback outcome from the the guy you roster you're ideally needing you know 300 350 yards and at least three touchdowns so you know if he gets three four or five touchdowns not all those touchdowns and yards are going to just one guy and you likely need you know the second guy as well um you know sometimes the 100 yard guy isn't the guy that catches two touchdowns and so the 100 yard guy gets the bonus and has seven or eight catches and he's above 20 points and then another guy catches two touchdowns and he's above 20 points there's just so many you know different ways different guys can get there um and i just think a lot of people like kev said a lot of people will just go that one wide receiver route because they want to get all these ex- this exposure to all these games and don't want to go all in on you know maybe one passing attack uh, or one game stack as they should, because, you know, if that's, if that game has a ceiling outcome, you need to have as much exposure to it as you possibly can, which is what we've seen with Dallas the last couple of weeks and the games that they've played in. It's been, you know, full Dallas Atlanta stacks, full Dallas in uh, Cleveland stacks. And that's right. like just how it's been because those games have gone absolutely nuclear. So if you're projecting games to, you know, go le- lesser own, or score less points, then obviously you don't want to just full stack games like that. So, um, yeah, I, I think it makes a ton of sense, like Kev was saying, to, you know, try to pair two pass catchers with your quarterback if you can. I, I hear you. And, Maddie, you're on, you're on that same kind of wavelength as Kev is, I feel like, just in looking in the show notes as I have here. Uh, Daniel Jones was written down for you, too, in that same game. So you what's popping off for the page on you with Daniel Jones and who else are you looking at at the quarterback position? Yeah. So the thing with Jones is, I mean, yes, Dallas's defense has been pretty bad. Um, on the other side of the coin though, I mean, they have played some really good offenses. I mean, you Seattle, Atlanta, uh, Cleveland, you know, Cleveland is putting up over 30 points a game so far this year. So, I mean, they're no slouch on offense either. Um, so I, I do have slight concerns, but like Kev said, if the Giants pass attack is going to go underlooked, then I I want interest. If they're going to be chalky, then I don't want interest. Um, The concern, the other concern with the Giants pass attack is they're not attempting any deep passes. I think they're last in the league in deep attempts. So, um, I mean, I guess that could be a byproduct of, you know, maybe the pass rushes they face. Um, Thinking back to like the Pittsburgh game, like Mm -hmm. has Daniel Jones even had time to, you know, sit back and, and try to attack the ball downfield. Cause when he has, you know, he hit Slayton for a long TD in week one against Pittsburgh. And that's probably, you know, the, the, one of the hardest matchups they'll have all year. So I do have interest in Daniel Jones. I just, 
So look, so I mean, looking at it, right? So like like you mentioned, he is uh, last in in deep ball attempts, but he's actually second in deep ball completion percentage. But when you only throw six of them, it doesn't take a lot to skew that. But sure. so I mean, if you kind of look at Dallas's defense, I mean, they are twenty fifth in pass DVOA. They're allowing a eight percent touchdown rate through the air. Um, they're also allowing. Um, 0.614 fantasy points per pass attempt. So if you equate that to like 30 pass attempts, that's about 18 fantasy points. Um, and I, I would assume there's going to be a lot more than 30 pass attempts in this game. Uh, they're also um, the one th- the one issue too with with the Giants is that they've av- only been averaging 60 plays per game, but Dallas has actually been giving up or uh, allowing the uh, opposing offenses 71.8 plays per game. So I think you're going to see a much more fast paced game here for them. Um, and if you, you know, if you remember, go back to look at last year, I mean, Jones was, um, he was very boomer bust, right? Uh, and he had right. 28 or he had four games last year, of uh, 28, uh, 28 points or more, um, in four games. And of those four games, three of them were against bottom five or bottom 10 pass defenses, which is, that's where Dallas ranks. Mm-hmm. Um, they've given up at least 38 points in each of their last four games as well. So there's just a lot to like here. From this matchup, um, you know, I'll talk more about Darius Slate, I guess, when we get to the wide receivers. But, you know, I, I do think there is there is something to like here. But, you know, it's it's tough because you look at Daniel Jones and they just really haven't done a whole lot. Um, I think he only has one game this year over in double digit fantasy points, which is pretty rough. Right. But yeah. but they've also had some had some really bad matchups as well. And they've been really slow. I mean, last week, I mean, the 49ers didn't run them off the field. I mean, it was it was a close game. For, for, for a lot of the game. So they didn't really have to throw the ball as much, um, but he, he's still seventh in pass attempts per game. And he's also, whenever they keep the, a clean pocket, he's sixth in completion percentage uh, when he's in a clean pocket. So, you know, we'll see how, we'll see what happens this week, but I, I do think Daniel Jones and going there, I do think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And he's the other thing you have to look at too, Kevin, this defense has been atrocious for Dallas. It feels like every quarterback that comes in there, they're just letting them do whatever the hell they want. And they've, they've gone against some tough, tough opponents too. I, I, I do think that, but you know, you're looking at Daniel Jones's game logs here and he's turnover and interception and fumble and three straight games had two picks uh, in the Steelers game. So, you know, if they're not able to establish any possessions that, that I, I guess it could lead to Dallas then putting points up on the scoreboard and then forcing him into throw these, you know, 40 attempt games, high 30 attempt games that he's had in the past, which we do like for fantasy, even when it's, you know, they're playing from behind. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, have to bring that up when he's, he's only scoring 10, 11 points and because he's not giving his teams a chance when he's turning the ball over like that's crazy. Um, well, he's also, ahead, and also, it's, it's also should mention too, that he's, uh, he's still, he's still running the ball at a decent club. I think he's eighth and rush attempts among quarterbacks. So, um, I, I think that is some of the, the volume or so, some of the upside as well that you can look at him, that he does have a little bit of, of rushing upside as well. So, you know, th- this Cowboys defense is terrible. You can attack them all over. Over, I mean, their corners are, are awful. Uh, even Tra- uh, Trayvon Diggs and Daryl Worley have both been really bad um, among corners as well. I think they've allowed 200 passing yards and three touchdowns through four weeks. So, um, wow. And they're allowing like 18, 18 completions on 25 attempts coming their way. I mean, so it's just been really bad for that secondary. So I don't see anything changing. And to be honest with you, I'm, I'm curious to see if they would even entertain the idea of moving one, uh, moving somebody like Michael Gallup for a corner. If, if somebody came available, because it seems like feels like that's really what they need more than anything is, is somebody in that secondary. That's, Looking that's at, a, a, I mean, the, the four games the Giants started out with Pittsburgh, Chicago, San Fran and the Rams. Like those are four good defenses. Right. 
and now you get Dallas. So, yeah, and so I mean, when you look at the, and they're they're like I could see myself really wanting to play Daniel Jones uh, more going forward because like their next five or six games are fantastic. They have a great they they have great matchups good, moving forward. So yeah, yeah. I, just, I if if they're gonna be if if no one's gonna play Daniel Jones, I'm gonna I'm gonna have probably more than maybe I should, but I I just think this is a good matchup for them. Yeah, so San Francisco ranks sixth in past DVOA. Pittsburgh's eighth. Uh, Chicago's fifth, and the Rams are seventh. So all top ten pass defenses there. And now you yeah. get Dallas, who is twenty fifth. So yeah, I I don't think I'm going to overthink this one this week. You know they're cheap. Ingram's free. Slayton's free. Uh, Jones is cheap, and you get to run it back on the other side of one of the highest total games of the week. So. No, yeah, and shout out to to Will McNeil here, who's in the chat on YouTube, talking about the Jason Garrett revenge game narrative. You guys love you, you guys love around. the revenge game narrative. That, that, that's your that's your uh, always. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, hey, you know, or birthday for, narrative or, or birthday you know, narrative. Definitely, definitely it didn't work out with Kelsey the other night, but uh, big, big on the narratives for sure. Hey, I mean, you know, Jason Garrett's not out there playing football, but you got to believe that he's going to try his damnness to go in there. And, and beat up on Jerry World and, and company, uh, but up to up to the rest of those guys on the team, uh, Maddie. We had written down. I think the both of us had written down Deshaun Watson uh, in this, you know, Houston Jacksonville game, which I haven't seen. It's Thursday right now. I haven't seen it garnering too much attention, uh, so to speak. And maybe it's because Deshaun burned a couple of people last week or if they felt like he burned them, only putting up. Uh, I mean, he still had twenty three points, but they did come late. Um, Brandon Cooks looks dead. So, you know, maybe people aren't feeling like they can feel comfortable stacking anybody in this game with him except for Will Fuller. But you're looking at this matchup here against Jacksonville and quarterbacks have pretty much had their way against them. And so we get Deshaun Watson here. He's got Bill O'Brien out of the, you know, out of the mix. He's finally free. Take the handcuffs off of him. Maybe, you know, he gets a sigh of relief and he can go out there and just really perform. Um, you know, under his own accord with the offensive coordinator who's still there. So uh, Deshaun Watson, he comes in at 6,900 on DraftKings, pivot off of, you know, guys like Dak Prescott, uh, doesn't have the same rushing upside as uh, Kyle, uh, Kyler Murray, but, you know, off of the big guys at the top, I do like getting to some Deshaun this week. Yeah, I love Deshaun. Uh, Jack's ranked 32nd in past DVOA. The game's a 54, I think it's 54. Yeah, 54 total, yeah, five and a half. Five and a half point spread. Um, so Vegas projecting a one score game. We know Minshew can keep it close on the other side. You know, Robinson, he's he's got a really good rushing matchup on the other side. So there's just, I don't see a way that, you know, I don't see Jacksonville re- really struggling to move the ball to, to get to the point where Houston's like, okay, let's just, let's just run the football. And also they fired Bill O'Brien and supposedly right. Watson loves this guy who's going to call plays for him. And he said, yeah, me and him are going to get together and we'll decide, you know, we'll kind of figure out a game plan on how to attack uh, the with the offense <laughs> moving forward. And, you know, that just tells me like Deshaun, hey, let's let Deshaun cook, right? So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, and Will Fuller's not, I mean, he's he, he's priced fairly for, you know, his production. Uh, Brandon Cooks burned a lot of people last week. He was pretty popular and threw up a goose egg. Um, oh, <laughs> and then we've got, you know, Aikens, if he's if he plays, he's got a concussion issue he's dealing with. Um, obviously, he's the tight end there against the Jags, who are you know near the bottom of the league defending the tight end position. So there's just a lot of ways you can really attack this Jacksonville defense through the air. And um, 
Watson, you know, we've seen he, he's got as high a ceiling as, as Dak does, c- considering his rushing upside, too. So, um, yeah, yeah, I just I really love that game. That's that's my favorite game of the week. Yeah, I, I like that game, too, Matty. like getting some exposure to him, especially if he's not going to be as popular with with that letdown uh, from last week. And, uh, you know, we, we also got to talk about some of these other guys here, too, Um you know, Patrick Mahomes, Kev, you're the you're the KC guy. Uh, the Raiders matchup here, he smashed the Raiders um, in you know previous matchups, throwing for four touchdowns, four touchdowns, um, just really doing big things, just touchdowns galore. You know, he I don't think he's really had too many big 300 yard or plus games against them. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I know I saw a couple four touchdowns there. Um, just multiple in this matchup and to have his way. I know they had a, a running back game as well, too. And we could touch on CEH on the other side where they said like three running back scores. But Patrick Mahomes in this matchup against the Raiders when they're nearly two touchdown favorites seems right. Right. <laughs> we just saw him light it up on Monday. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah, well, he didn't light it up on Monday, but uh, they, they had to come. <laughs> that, that was a, oh, yeah. a rough game. Second half. But, uh, second half. Yeah. Second half. Yeah. Yeah. But. It. So, yeah, I, I love Tyreek in this game. Tyreek has played really well against the Raiders in his career. I think he has 400 yards and three t- or five touchdowns against the Raiders. So, I really like Tyreek. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you can definitely play Patrick, play Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, he is priced up. And generally speaking, I try to pay down at quarterback, but I think this matchup is so good for them. Um, I, I think that this could be another, you know, monster Patrick Mahomes game. Uh, you know, 7,700. I think there's enough cheap pieces and uh, enough value on the slate that if you want to run Patrick Mahomes and like a Tyreek uh, and even like a, you know, I don't know, maybe a, a Kelsey if you could do it, but then, you know, may, or or Watkins, I think would also be, it would be in play. I don't know who I'm running the back with because uh, I know it sounds like Henry Ruggs is back and will be back this week, but Kansas City will be getting uh, Rashad Breeland back after his four-game suspension, so he'll be worked back in into their secondary as well. Their secondary has played pretty well. They've done a pretty good job of limiting big plays, so I'm not sure where I would go on the other side. Probably Darren Waller, but the Chiefs mm-hmm. have done a decent job against tight end, but they, they have been beaten at that position as well. So um, I think if I was going to run it back with anybody, it would be Darren Waller, though I do like Josh Jacobs, which we'll talk about in the running back position. But um, – so yeah, if you did that, then I think you know if you want to play Evan Ingram at tight end and then Darius Slayton and get other pieces from this Dallas game uh, through that without you know totally game stacking, and I think you could do that. So I, I do like Patrick Holmes. Patrick Holmes always is in play. We know that, and you know he can torch this defense uh, without any problems and probably you know a bounce back game because last week's their offense on Monday night did not look very good whatsoever. But they're playing New England, one of the best defensive minds in all of football. The the Raiders are really uh, have. Are, are getting some injuries on that defensive side of the football as well. Nobody in that secondary worries me one bit. So, yeah, I, I love that. I love getting to some Pat Mahomes this week, and you like him because you don't necessarily have to pay him. He's like well, the one guy or one of the guys I feel like you can play him, and he'll throw a touchdown to four or five different guys. It doesn't matter. You don't have to stack him uh, necessarily with anybody because he can just get there um, by throwing it to even the linemen too. So it's crazy. Uh, I do like Lamar Jackson too, who's just $200 more on DraftKings. The Cincinnati matchup, he's had some success against them, uh, both throwing at the get a three touchdown game against them. He's had two 100 yard rushing games against this defense um, over the past two years. So, and I know he popped up on the injury report with a knee. Uh, the team is saying he's playing, they're just holding him out 
because of, you know, whatever. They don't want him to get any more banged up. Uh, Lock and four, I think, said that he was going to be playing, too. So something to monitor. But if he goes in to the weekend and kind of still has this going but ends up playing, uh, I do like getting some leverage exposure to him at 200. But before we move on to running back, we got to talk about one guy who I feel like is going to be the cash uh, quarterback, he's going to be high owned in GPBs, and that's Teddy Bridgewater going against this Atlanta Falcons defense that just got torched by Aaron Rodgers. It, just ridiculous what we what we saw from that uh, from that game on on Monday night in the late game, and they really just haven't been able to stop anybody. Every quarterback's had success against them. The wide receivers having success against this secondary that's been depleted. I think you know. Kazee's on the IR now with an injury and they're going to get AJ Terrell back from the COVID list, but just really depleted in the secondary. And you have a Teddy Bridgewater here who's 5,900. And we've joked numerous times that Teddy Bridgewater will win somebody the Millie uh, this year. So is it going to be in week five uh, with the options that he has? I mean, you have to think so, right? Because Atlanta's actually been a big pass funnel. They rank 12th in DVOA against the run and 31st against the pass. Um, and, you know, we've seen teams just attack them through the air. And uh, the opposing running backs they face haven't really had much success on the ground. And so, you know, they're not going to just come in and bang Mike Davis between the tackles over and over again um, because they love to use him through the air, too. So right. uh, we just saw Green Bay torch them using their running backs, but in the pass game. Like both Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams were heavily involved in the pass game against Atlanta on Monday. Um, and, you know, Rodgers had his way. Dak had his way a couple weeks ago. Russ a couple weeks ago. It's just – it's really hard to get off Teddy. And especially with the weapons he has, you know, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, you know where the ball's going. You can even pair him with Mike Davis if you want um, because Davis is getting so many targets. And we just saw Atlanta get shredded through the air by running backs. So, yeah, I – you know, that's the other game. That's probably my second favorite game behind Houston and Jacksonville. Um, I expect Carolina Atlanta to be a little more popular because there's more big name players in that game yeah. than there is in the other one. Um, but yeah, I just, it's hard to get off that game too. Yeah, it it, it, it seems like just a fair spot. He's 5,900. Um, and, he, you know, he, you like the way that it's trending up for him. Uh you know, just against Arizona, had 27 points, uh, got his rushing touchdown, 30 yards on the ground, too. So you still like to see that um, that he has that in his repertoire coming off of that ACL injury that could have been career ending. So, uh, yeah, I think he he's definitely a safe play and should be an exciting one to see uh, where his ownership ends up being on, on Sunday. Um one one more. We just got a question in before we move on to running backs. Will Will's here in the chat asking about Kyle Allen, who's forty one hundred. Um, is it crazy to go there? Uh, is there any is there any way that you guys could see yourselves getting to Kyle and Maddie? Pro- probably not you with the three teams that you build, but Kevin, you're more multi entry player like myself. Does that pique any interest for you at that price tag in the matchup uh, against the Rams at home? It's not. It's it's not a very good matchup. Um, I mean, they're they're not a team that's loaded with with talent either. Uh, you know, I mean, it's Terry McLaurin, and that's about it. Maybe Logan Thomas could finally, you know, actually right. do something. 
I mean, I don't hate it at 4,100, but I think on the slate, like there's not a lot of high price guys that you're trying to jam in, right? There's no high price right. running back. Right. You know, there's not the Christian McCaffrey yep. this week. There's not a Michael Thomas who's 9K that you're trying to get to. So like if you were, if this was that kind of a slate and you're wanting to get that, then I think you could make the case for a Kyle Allen. But I just don't think there's any absolute reason to do it. I think you can pretty much play all the dudes without much of a problem. And so I, to me, like I just don't think I could get there. Yeah, right. and you think about ahead, if if Kyle Allen has a really good game, what's he score? Twenty points. I was gonna say, yeah, even at, I was even thinking like sixteen points. That's yeah. four four X's salary, um, but you're still not excited about that. Yeah, because I mean, if you okay now, if Dak or Deshaun or you know Lamar or Russ or Mahomes, if they have you know if they have a really good game, they score thirty five to forty, and all of a sudden you're twenty points behind, um, and so somebody out there in a tournament. If they have one of those high-scoring quarterbacks, they will have whoever the random cheap wide receiver is that explodes, that goes right. off. There will be the, that pairing. So, you know, it's one of those things like you've got to try to expose yourself to the highest ceiling possible. And I think, you know, getting those high, really high upside quarterbacks makes a ton of sense on a weekly basis. Right, and, and especially, especially this week, like Kevin said, there's there's no Michael Thomas nine K, no McCaffrey ten K, like these jamming men guys. It, it's not an issue this week. There's a lot of five to six K guys that are in play, and then some good four K values. So, I haven't had an issue with salary myself. Yeah, no, I I don't really think it's a spot that you need to go to at all. If you want to play him in cash to get guys that you feel comfortable with, then by all means. But in in tournaments, you're really you're really looking for players to get you like thirty points, like all your players to get thirty points. You really want like two two hundred DraftKings points on what we're seeing in some of these tournament lines with all the scoring that there's been this year is is just crazy. So um, yeah, that's kind of what you want to look at to win. Uh, let's move on to, to running backs here. And, you know, like you guys have talked about, we don't really have that many studs on the slate. We got Zeke at the top, uh, and that's pretty much it for the seven K or higher price running backs, which is really, uh, interesting to see since we've had a couple of them the past couple of weeks. Um, you know, we got a couple of guys in the six K range that I know a lot of us have written down, uh, James Robinson, I, I guess he's not going to be chalk, or maybe he is going to be chalk, but he isn't a good matchup, so we should touch on him. And then we got a situation in Arizona that is uh, really one that I don't – I mean, I don't know what exposure I'm going to have to that situation at all. But if, if it is this week, would we be surprised? I wouldn't because it's crazy. But Chase Edmonds could be getting the work if Drake is not uh, – uh, coming up to the fold. <laughs> He's yeah, man, what a letdown Drake has been. But uh, I digress. Okay, let's start it off at the top. And Maddie, um, we we have guys that overlap here. So you know, Chris Edwards Hilaire or Chris Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, those are the two guys. They're both at the top, but they were just. I was looking at their matchups and it, Zeke is this, I was playing Zeke last week. So why am I not playing him again this week in a, a game that should be bananas and he is still getting red zone work and you're loving the target share that he's still seeing with all the weapons that they have and Dalton Schultz in the mix. And this guy's still, whether they're down, whether they're up, Zeke is going to be on the field. It was frustrating that he didn't get the red zone touch. Then they bring in Tony Pollard. Then Tony Pollard gets the red zone uh, touchdown. But uh, Zeke is going to get his, I feel like. And Clyde Edwards, a layer, I just, 
this matchup against the Raiders, I'm looking at, you know, last week what Singletary was able to do to them uh, in this matchup and kind of what running backs have been able to do with with them this year. And just off the sheer volume, uh, I love the pass catching work that Clyde Edwards Solaire is seeing. And at 6,800 in this matchup where they're favored by two touchdowns, I mean, Kev, you're the KC guy. Are they are they going to take this guy out? Because he's been on the field for pretty much, you know, everything. I, I Daryl Williams is kind of just a, a shell and um, they're not bringing in. Um, I can't even think of the other guy right now who people would Darwin have. Thompson. Yeah. Darwin Thompson. Thank you. Who fumbled, I think already with the carry. So uh, I just think this guy should be on the field for a ton of work and, and, you know, with running back safety is kind of what I look like. I want the home favorite. I want the touches. Uh, Maddie, where, where are you at this week with running back? So I think you started it off perfectly when you said there's not really any, you know, high priced, high ceiling guys at the running back position. And when that happens, like I almost just want to lock in Zeke's floor. Like any other slate, I'm probably not playing Zeke against the Giants because the Giants have actually been a, you know, a respectable run defense this year. They rank 11th in DVOA. Um, They're right up there in the top 10 in a couple of the metrics that I look at for uh, the defensive line metrics. And so it's, it's not a matchup that, you know, really makes me excited to play Zeke, but they are almost double-digit home favorites. Um, it's a high-total game. Like you said, even if they go to resort to the pass and a good pass matchup, he's still going to be involved. I just don't see – like, does anybody else on this slate have a 20 to 25-point floor like Zeke does? And I, I don't see that. Like, there's a lot of guys yeah. who, you know, maybe score 10 to 15 as their floors on a weekly basis, but – Zeke's the only guy who's going to consistently run out low 20s every week, pretty much no matter what. Um, I just don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, I guess he could run out a 35-point game if he scores three touchdowns, which is possible. <laughs> yeah, it's just, man, and 7,800 doesn't feel too egregious for him either. It's like I feel – I almost feel wrong not playing Zeke on the slate just because of the lack of other high upside, high floor options at the running back position. You touched on Edwards Hilaire. He's in a great spot against the Raiders. Um, they rank 30th in rush DVOA. Uh, they're at the bottom of the barrel in every single rush rush mat, rush defense metric. Um, he's getting a ton of volume. 6,800 is, you know, it's almost too cheap for how much volume he's getting and, and what this matchup is. He's going to be popular. So, I, you know, I haven't – I almost just want to lock button him and be overweight on the field because he's in that good of a matchup. They're double-digit favorites at home. Um, and I just don't really want to get too cute with that play there. Uh, yeah. James Robinson, you mentioned him. He's in a, another great spot where Houston has been worse against the run than they are against the pass. Um, Robinson's involved heavily in the pass game as well. Uh, I keep telling people Jacksonville targeted running backs 129 times last year, and they're going to they're gonna continue to keep doing that because Minshew's wow. still a quarterback. So – um, Robinson's still going to be involved in the past game, and this is as good of a matchup as it gets on the ground against Houston. So I really like him. And then I saw a – I was trying to do some digging on, on Mostair uh, today to see if he's going to play this week. And I came across a quote where Shanahan said, I, I'm not too confident in Mostair's availability for this week um, and his outlook. So to me, that screams – 5,800 Jarek McKinnon, 91% snap share against the horrible Miami Dolphins defense. And I will have him on every single team if Mostair is ruled out because 
Jeff Wilson, he played what maybe one or two snaps in the first half last week. It's like yeah. it, it is McKinnon's team right now right. with most air out, and he looks really good. Like he's almost playing bigger than what his size actually is, and uh, he looks ex- as explosive as ever. He's getting all the high value touches. Uh, he's too cheap against Miami. So those are really the four guys that that I'm really keyed in on, and I'm just gonna you know kind of take where where what my builds allow me to get to. Um, I don't know what I'm doing with Kareem Hunt yet. I don't know if you guys have a read on that situation. Um, Indy's been middle of the road and and everything that I look at. So it's, you know, it's not, it's not a horrible matchup, but it's not a good one either. Um, And Cleveland ranks, they're like the number one rated rushing offense in the NFL. So yeah, I don't know what I'm doing with Kareem Hunt. Well, so Maddie, I think I I saw something about uh, how the, the Cleveland uh, offensive line has been a, a lot better as of late as far as run blocking goes. And then with Kareem Hunt, I'm, I'm looking at this, right? And so, like, yeah, Dalvin, they faced Dalvin Cook, uh, and he didn't get, you know, the 100 yards that you're looking for, but I think he got, like, 60 um, on a, a ton of attempts. Then you're looking at the week one, James Robinson. He, he breaks out, and he gets about, like, 60 yards. Uh, then last week, or – Whatever it was when they faced Miami, they let Kalen Balash go for five and 44. Okay, so Kareem Hunt, we know, catches passes too, and he'll be asked to run more, but maybe they spell him, bring Dearness Johnson in, and he can get some catches. If Kalen Balash is getting five for 44, like Kareem Hunt can definitely get there. And then last week, you know, Montgomery wasn't able to get going um, in that game, but he was still seeing a, a catch share too there. So I think they have been pretty good, but like, We'll see if where the rubber meets the road here with the with the Cleveland team, who we know wants to give their running backs the ball. And so, just off of volume, I think they could get there. If people are looking at the numbers, I think we should, you know, still look at the matchups too. And I think they did get lucky in stopping Cook there and not facing, um, you know, g- good enough talent maybe at the position just far yet. But um, yeah, we'll see. But I, yeah, I, I thought that that was interesting um, to just look at those numbers there. But but Kev. Uh, talking about running backs here, um, you got a, a guy here that plays in the division of the Chiefs that I think you're you're pretty heavily heavily on this week. Yeah, I, mean, I think you can play Josh Jacobs. The Chiefs have been terrible against the uh, against the run this year, um, and it really hasn't changed. We saw it last week. <clears throat> really, what's really saving them to not be even higher in, in terms of fantasy points allowed has been the fact they only allowed one rushing touchdown on the year, but they've allowed 489 rushing yards. It's it, it's just been a, a weakness of them. I think if if Bull had Baltimore stuck with the run, I think that you know that game could have been a little bit closer because they were just gouging G, or the Chiefs the entire game, whenever they wanted to run the football. But that that's going to be the question: is is do the Chiefs get up and uh, early and 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 move away from them? Because then you, that's where you see probably Josh Jacobs lose some opportunities. But if they can keep this game close, which I think they can at least do so for most of this game, I think you you have to love. Um, Josh Jacobs, I mean, he's number one in the league in terms of carries. He's 12th in tar- or 11th in targets, excuse me. He's seeing 75% of the opportunities in the backfield. Uh, 15 red zone touches, which is ninth. Like, I know he's really struggled the last couple of weeks, but he's been getting really some pretty bad matchups as well. So I think this is kind of a breakout spot for him, and he's not expensive at 6,300. I think that is too cheap for what the upside is for him because, I mean, he could give you 30 fantasy points in this game, and it really wouldn't surprise me that much. He continues to be involved in the passing game as well. 
So I just think there's a lot to like here. It hasn't scored a touchdown since that big three touchdown game against um, Carolina. So I think he's due for some, you know, some touchdown or uh, positive regression there. So I, I just think I just think he's in play, and I don't think a lot of people are going to get on him because of the fact that I think people will expect the Chiefs to be down or uh, up early and kind of uh, neutralizing Josh Jacobs a little bit. So I do like Josh Jacobs quite a bit um, in this matchup at especially at his price. I just can't seem to get away from that. Um, Sure. I think I, I think a few other guys that I really like here in this game, uh, or in, in this week. Obviously, Josh uh, James Robinson. I don't have to mention anything more. I, the dude's just crushed and balled this entire year. Uh, I think he. I mean, he's been the best rookie running back, and he's been arguably. I mean, he's been a top five running back. You know, overall, not not just among rookies. So the right. dude's kind of come out of nowhere, and I think people are just uh, continuing. I think why we continue to see low ownership is because I think people are waiting for that shoe to drop on him. Like it's just the bottom's going to fall out and he's going to turn back into, you know, the mm-hmm. undrafted rookie that he, that he was. And I, I mean, he's, if, if he's going to continue to see the volume that he's getting, I, I don't see how you can go away from that. Like he feels like he should be a seven K running back, but because of his name and he's James Robinson, he's not as sexy as, as a lot of these other guys. And so uh, people just aren't playing him. I have high of rate as I think they should. Um, so, uh, and then the other guy for me is David Johnson. Uh, I think that he is definitely in play. Jacksonville is not very good against the run. I think this is a game that that Houston can control, and this could be the first game that we really see that Houston's able to um, lean on David Johnson a little bit more as well. So, and he's utilized as a pass catcher. So, I'm so happy that Bill O'Brien's gone. The dude is a fucking horrendous <laughs> head coach and has no business uh, being a head coach. There's, there's quite a few, actually, NFL head coaches that deserve to be fired. Um, I'm surprised that Adam Gase actually still has a job and Bill O'Brien got fired. So, all right. I, I mean, Dan Quinn's not that far behind the the co as well. Matt Patricia uh, was right <laughs> yeah, there. Right. I mean, it's a whole, it's a, it's a, a cluster of guys who who have no business being uh, head coaches in this league. But yeah, so I mean, for me, I think it's those guys. Um, I did see I did see the the Gibson name that you have down, and I think Antonio yeah. Gibson is actually kind of interesting. The only thing that I was worried about me with him is that like looking into his numbers, it kind of scares me is what kind of snapshot is he going to see? Because he had 26.971% against Arizona whenever. Um, and then he had 39% and then 47%. And he's not getting a lot of carries, but he is getting targets and he's getting receptions. And Arizona, or the, the Rams have been terrible against the run uh, as well. Yeah. I mean, their defensive line, I think that, yeah, they're 31st in adjusted line yards, 31st in stuff rank. I mean, there, there's a lot to like there with, with Antonio Gibson. But I think the biggest question for me, is he going to get the volume? But at 5K, like he doesn't have to go to, to go off uh, for him to pay off that price tag too. So I do kind of like the Antonio Gibson call. Yeah, and I, and I just think that, you know, they – so we'll see, again, is this going to come to fruition? We got – you know, Kyle Allen there at quarterback, and I, I'm not going to play Kyle Allen, but I'm looking at what Kyle Allen did when he was in Carolina. And it was, I mean, McCaffrey, what, that was, he was the quarterback for the McCaffrey year, the McCaffrey wide or fantasy number one uh, person. So uh, I'm looking at Kyle Allen to get, get him dump offs. I'm looking at the um, red zone numbers for Gibson. So he's got like eight out of the 11 uh, carries in the last three weeks for Washington in the red zone and three out of four goal line carries touchdown in three straight games. So, you know, at 5k on DraftKings, and if we can get some, the still the pass catching work from him, I just, you know, I, w- I definitely want to play him. And, you know, that was too, Maddie, without seeing, you know, if we're not going to get McKinnon at 5,800, who I would, you know, m- I can trust him. I feel like a little bit more because of how Kyle Shanahan feels about that guy. But Gibson, I, I want to be early on him if I can. And at 5K at-, at a running back position, that doesn't really feel 
you know, all that good in the 6K range for me, um, so to speak. 5K for running backs uh, just seems nice. Uh, and then I wanted to touch on something else here. Um, yeah, I mean, just real quick with the Arizona situation. Oh, Mike, Mike Davis was the other guy. I love his pass catching uh, work that he's seeing. Um, it's just been ridiculous. And the guy's just putting up numbers uh, in, a, in a game. Atlanta's still terrible. I think they're uh, top four worst against uh, receiving backs that so far this year. And Maddie, you touched on it with uh, Williams and Jones. Their numbers combined were just absolutely ridiculous. 13 catches for a hundred and something yards and a touchdown. So uh, Mike Davis is definitely uh, just a, in a great spot. But before we, we move on, just I was serious about the Drake Edmonds thing. Like what is going to happen with Arizona this week? I know that Kyler Murray's kind of taking over the running back duties there. So you can't really trust that situation to begin with. But Chase Edmonds, I think, he might start to come into the fold here as we get into weeks uh, going because Drake has just been terrible and he's not getting any pass catching work. Uh, so, you know, this has got to be something to, to monitor. I feel like if something comes out of this game this week. I think this offense as a whole has been terrible. I mean, really, uh, it's not even just the running backs department. I mean, Kyler has not been very good outside of his rushing upside. That's really what's propelled him to be a you know a pretty solid fantasy quarterback because it's not been good. He's not been efficient. And then you look at Kenyon Drake, and you're right. Like I mean, he's been terrible. Uh, you know, Chase Edmonds has looked like the better running back, and I I mean. I know there's people that are going to want to play Kenyon Drake this week, but I know this is kind of one of those situations for them where people are going to say that, oh, this is a great matchup. You know, if, if he can't do it against the Jets, when, you know, when will he do it? I don't know if he will. I mean, because as we know that that uh, Cliff Kingsbury is, is certainly a coach that will uh, change directions rather quickly. I mean, look what they did with David Johnson. And so yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if this turned out to be something like um, last year where – David Johnson was out there. Then all of a sudden they just, uh, they, you know, David Johnson got uh, saw the bench the rest of the game and Chase Edmonds went nuclear for 35 fantasy points and no one played Chase Edmonds. So there's a part of me that wants to play a little bit of Chase Edmonds just to be a little bit different. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's not you know, very many lineups, so there'll just be a few, because I just think this is still probably a split backfield. But I do think that uh, thinking that Chase Edmonds... I think it's very possible that he could take over this backfield and sooner rather than later if Kenyon Drake doesn't turn around because uh, Kenyon Drake just does not look very good. No, absolutely. I agree. And it's like in week three, we said, all right, fine. Well, if Kenyon Drake can't do it against Detroit, then he's not going to do it against anybody. And then we said, okay, bad game. If he can't do it against Carolina, then he's not going to do it against anybody. <laughs> and now here we are in week five saying, if he can't do it against the Jets, he's not going to do it against anybody. He's just, he's not going to do it. It's like, I think. I, I'm going to say it's all blue in the face, but he was wearing a boot during the preseason or training camp or whatever you want to call it, and boots are not precautionary. There is There was right. something going on with his foot to where he needed to have a boot on, and it's it wasn't a, oh, let's just be safe, you know. Um, 
and to try to take care of his foot. It's, it, he's got something going on. He's hurt. He's like you said, his pass game usage, which is kind of what he's been known for. Um, it's been non-existent. It's been all Chase Edmonds in that regard. And it's almost like they're like, they don't want him to go out and run routes. And it's like, they're trying to hide his injury or something. I don't know, but I agree. I Chase Edmonds is going to take over that backfield at some point. Um, this isn't the greatest rushing matchup in the world. And people are calling the Jets a good rushing matchup. It's, I mean, Jets have actually been kind of good against the run. So I, I'm off that situation this week completely. Um, but yeah, no, Kev, I'm, I'm fully on board. I think, I think it's Chase Edmonds sooner rather than later. Yeah. I mean, I think the other scenario too, is that uh, you don't have to worry about like some sort of contract that's holding down. Cause this is a one year transition tag on, on Kenyon Drake. So they owe absolutely nothing to Kenyon Drake. So, I mean, they, they yeah. could easily uh, change directions and move straight to Chase Edmonds getting the, the majority of the backfield touches. So yep. yeah, I just can't do it. No, it's yeah. I I just wanted to touch on it because I know that people will go back to the well um, with with Drake, and then Edmonds could be the guy. But it's not one that I really feel comfortable in, in touching on. Uh, uh, real quick, guys, before we move on to wide receiver, as I want to get to wide receiver here. But question: We got Todd Gurley. Um, are are we liking him? He just you know getting red zone usage there, and it's a good matchup against Carolina. But can we trust the volume? Is it will be there? Because, I mean, if they don't have Julio, I mean, they're, they're running out some really uh, questionable names at wide receiver. Um, Todd Gurley is the same stat line every single week. He gets 50 to 60 yards, and his points come from touchdowns. If you think he scores right. the two touchdowns, you can play him. If he doesn't right. score two, two touchdowns, he legit has, you know, six point, a six-point floor from rushing for 50 to 60 yards. Yeah. I, was gonna say, I just think he has a really capped ceiling. Yep. I think yeah, he, he, 20 is maybe his max. Right, right. Scoring two touchdowns. And he, he, you know, I think we got people got lucky in playing him uh, in the slate on showdown as he was able to get that score before the game yep. really got out of hand, out of hand there. Um, and so I think if they're going to be behind here against Carolina, like he's definitely going to be benched for Brian Hill and then he gets the touchdown and then they're still putting in Brian Hill and other running backs to spell him because I, I just don't think they want to use him how he was used in LA. Like they, they're only going to use him when they need to go to him. And if they don't need to go to him, if the game's out of reach or if they're firmly in the lead, then he's not going to see the field. And we, we saw that in the Chicago game too, where they got out to that big lead and then Brian Hill was in and was able to get, you know, kind of just mop up duty and take control of it. Uh, until the game got close again uh, later in the fourth quarter. But, yeah, it's it's so hard to trust to trust Todd Gurley um, week in and week out. Let's uh, move on to wide receivers, guys, as we, we talk about here. And I had a couple uh, – wanted to choose from a couple options here. I'll kind of kick it off and and start by just saying, like, Amari Cooper is, is my guy this week. He's at home. Uh, we've talked about the home splits before. I, the matchup against James Bradbury, it, it is – Definitely one that, you know, should be a little tough for him. But you're just looking at this volume that the guy is seeing in this target share is just absolutely ri- ridiculous. I mean, he, Dak just loves him. He out of all the options that he has to throw to, like Amari is leaps and bounds, been the number one receiver. Um touchdowns are are coming and for him he's averaged 23 fantasy points at home like in this matchup here against the Giants if they can move him around a little bit 
I think Bradbury will still shadow, but if they can just get him off of that matchup, he could possibly um, get into some work there. I, I know that some people have had some success against him, and there are more other favorable matchups in this offense, but I, I just what Amari Cooper has been able to do for this team, I, I love. And then I, you guys have some some similar ones, so I'll let you touch on some others. But uh, Marquise Brown is the other guy that I have interest in. If I'm playing Lamar and uh, I want to get some exposure to a stack there instead of, you know, getting Mark Andrews, who seems to score two touchdowns every time this dude touches the field. But you're looking at uh, Brown here, and I I do think it's a get-right spot against the Bengals. The Bengals have been able to – been attacked by uh, Darius Phillips, I think is his matchup. And he's he's been giving up some big plays. And you're just loving the the downfield work. He's seeing downfield targets. They're just not coming into fruition um, this this season for him. And and more of a of a target share that he's getting not only on deep targets, but in the short routes, too. So he's definitely they don't have anybody else like Miles Boykin is not getting there. Willie Sneed's not getting there for them. Lamar is going to have to use uh, Brown. And he's 6,300, so he kind of falls right within that range. But he's a tournament play for me. But uh, I definitely like getting some exposure to him. And then uh, I did want to talk deep GPP about Nelson Aguilar, who has come out of the woodworks. But Ruggs is back. Uh, I think he practiced today in full. So even at 3,600 or 3,800, whatever Aguilar was, uh, I don't know if you can go there with Ruggs back. But it was exciting to kind of uh, have – some Aguilar on the afternoon only slates last week and getting some slot usage against Buffalo. Uh, that's been nice. So, but I don't, I don't think it'll be the week here. Uh, I was, I was hoping he, they would be behind and they would have to use them. And at that price tag, why not uh, in the chiefs game? But I digress. Uh, Kev, I'll go, I'll go to you. Uh, Cause you have a, a guy uh, in KC that um, is on the cover of this, uh, of this show this week for YouTube. So I want you to touch on him and then some of the other guys you have written down. Yeah, I already kind of looked the cat out of the bag on that one just because uh so like I said, uh he has torched the Raiders throughout his career. Um four hundred yards, five touchdowns throughout his career. Um obviously he's a big play guy. He's somebody that can go out and but I mean they've been using him all over. I mean, he's not just a big play guy anymore. He's somebody he's gonna see a lot of targets. So I mean he's he could go out and absolutely roast this defense. So uh I think a real like nuclear Tyree kill game is coming and this is this definitely could be the one so uh and his price tag is is very easy to swallow it's only 6900 i mean he's usually a guy that's 75 7600 so being a little bit lower in price i think uh you know that's nice especially being 6900 um but some of the other wide receivers uh, i think that i like here it's been interesting to see how carolina has almost completely role reversed dj moore and robbie anderson like robbie anderson has become the short intermediate pass catcher who's always, but he's always been known as a deep threat guy and dj moore has always been the guy who's had the who's been an incredible route runner who's always been a short and intermediate guy and then this year he is running basically the deep routes which is obviously not the high probability ones and he's always been a yak monster but they're not giving him that opportunity because he is uh running these deep routes i mean if you look at him right now i mean he's got six deep targets he's averaging 16 yards per reception which is 15th in the league but then you have robbie anderson who is the complete opposite who um is actually uh where i just had it up um 
Yeah, he's averaging 13.5 yards per reception, which is 40, 41st in the league. But he's also number two in yards after the catch in the league. So it's been weird how they, they've kind of they, they've basically uh, switched roles. And, you know, a lot of people haven't really been on Robbie Anderson, even though he's had some really big games. Like people still have yet to really, really get on him. Uh, but I do think DJ Moore in this matchup against Atlanta, uh, DJ Moore is just way too cheap. And I think that he comes in as, as, as a pretty strong play in this game. I think that, you know, he could bounce back quite a bit here. And so I, I do like DJ Moore, um, especially at his price. I just think he's, he's, he's a little bit too cheap. Um, some other wide receivers, you know, we talked about Darius Slayton. Um, so I don't really need to go too far into that. But I mean, Darius Slayton, he's fifth in uh, routes rung among wide receivers, 16th in targets. The Cowboys have allowed 2.32. PPR points per target to wide receivers, which is most in the league. And like I mentioned, he'll see either Daryl Worley or Trevon Diggs, who have combined to allow 18 of 25 passing for 193 yards and three touchdowns. So uh, neither one of those matchups really scare me for Darius Slayton. And, you know, we'll get to the tight end position where we talk about Evan Ingram. But I think I, I think you could play Golden Tate. Um He's just not getting the volume that you're looking for, and he's not doing – his dot is absolutely uh, horrific. He's not doing anything yards after the catch. So uh, I don't mind Golden Tate, but I just I just can't see a scenario where he kind of uh, really hits the, the, the number that you're looking for, you know, because I think he's, what, 4,600? So, I you know, um, he's not that much cheaper than Darius Slayton. I would much rather play – I mean, we've seen Darius Slayton's uh, torch, you know, the, the Pittsburgh defense. I can right. – I, I, so I just think this is a fantastic matchup for Darius Slayton. Um, did you say what his ownership's coming in at? Because if it's low, like, I'm I'm going to have 100% Darius Slayton because I think he can, he can absolutely crush um, th- this matchup. And that price tag is just that's so nice to be able to – 11%. Build yeah, uh, I have no problem with that. Like, I'm not, I'm not worried about 11% ownership. Um, you know, the other guys is DJ Chark. We saw how important he is to this Jacksonville offense. He came back last week and scored two touchdowns. Great matchup uh, for him here going against Houston. And then the, the last one is Michael Gallup, which I know is, is super risky because the dude has just, again, he's not getting any other routes besides, you know, the go, you know, the nine routes and stuff like that. He's moving more of the deep target, but the thing of him is, is with Dak throwing 50 times a game, there's always going to be volume for there. So even though he may only be getting, I think he's getting like 13% of the targets. Like I, I think, I think he is going to be a boomer bust type guy. And this is another great matchup for him. So I think Michael Gallup can, can eat in this game. So, and I, there's, I don't think he's going to any carry any ownership. Everybody's going to want to play Amari. Everybody's going to want to play CD lamb. And I, I would just rather play, Michael, I, I take a shot on Michael Gallup, kind of like I did it whenever they played Seattle um, a few weeks ago, and that's when he had his big game. So, um, you know, if I'm looking for pieces, uh, these are the games that I want to target, and this is the pieces that I want to get the most action on. Um, I think if you if you really wanted to get like cute this week without Julio Jones, I think that you could play one of the you you want to say Zacchaeus, don't you? No, I was going to say, yeah, one of the Atlanta pass catchers. Yeah, I think you could play him. I mean, if you look what he did last week, I mean, he had nine targets, eight catches, 86 yards. Yeah. He's 3K. I mean, it's, it's hard. So if you if you were looking for value, I think that's where I would look at it from because there's no uh, Carolina uh, corner that I'm even remotely worried about in, in this game. And so, yeah, Calvin Ridley will, will definitely bounce back and, you know, Russell Gage will continue. But if this dude's going to get that kind of uh, usage without Julio in the game, and Julio, I mean, played part of the game last week. And then even if you go back to week three, he still had six targets in that game. So right. there's a lot, there should be a lot of targets here for him to go around. So I think he could play Zacchaeus uh, at 3K. 
Yeah, I mean, the, anybody who runs underneath routes for Matt Ryan, who's Mr. Just, I'm afraid to make a mistake, uh, you're definitely going to see some work there. Maddie, uh, wrap, wrap it up, put a bow on it with some wide receivers that you uh, like this week. Uh, you guys touched on most of the ones that I'm interested in, but just to throw two on top of them, um, I don't think you guys mentioned either of the Houston pass catchers that I'm interested in. That's Willful and Brandon Cooks. Um, we go back to Brandon Cooks after he burned everybody last week. He, okay, he only has 33 less air yards than Will Fuller. He's got 250 compared to Will Fuller's 283, but he has 140 less receiving yards. He's got 138 compared to Will Fuller's 274. So he's due for some positive regression. Um, he's seen one less target than Will Fuller. He's got 21 compared to Fuller's 22. Uh, they're the clear one and two option on the offense. Jacksonville's uh, dead last in DVOA against the pass. Uh, also worth worth noting, too, Jacksonville's slot corner, DJ Hayden, uh, they had to put him on IR, I believe. So they were saying they're moving one of their starting outside corners, Trey Herndon, to the slot. So that means the two outside corners are going to be backup corners. And Herndon's playing out of position in the slot. So, um, yeah, I just – man, the, that Houston-Jacksonville game, you guys touched on uh, DJ Chark on the other side. And even Chenault, I think Chenault's interesting because Chenault yeah. gets the coveted uh, Vernon Hargraves assignment. So, yep, I was I saw that he's questionable, but if he's out there, um, yeah, that, would, that'll be. I nice. would assume Roby's going to follow Chark around. I would think. Yeah, and I mean Roby's. I mean he's okay. He's not Chark. Chark can definitely take eat his lunch. So, um, yeah. And if you look, I love that. Game. Well, if you, if you're looking for a narrative, you know it's the the team coming off firing their head coach narrative that yep. they seem to always play motivated. Well, I'm going to throw probably close to 50 times if I had to guess, regardless of what the score is. Yeah. So yeah. that's why yeah, I do think Brandon cooks is actually a really sneaky name, especially coming off such a bad performance that he had last week. Yep. Like he's got to get going eventually They you know, they traded for him. So th- this could be the week that I think that he really does. Who else do they have? It's him. And, I mean, I guess Randall Cobb is yeah, the other Cobb is the slot guy. Yeah. Those three guys, Kenny stills has mixed in some, but it's, Looking at the the routes run, it's those three guys that are clear head and shoulders above everybody else. It's uh, Fuller and and uh, Cooks mainly on the outside, and then Cobb in the slot. Yeah, and I think Cobb has the most favorable matchup according to to PFF with the advantage there. But uh, again, Cooks is that dude's not leaving the field. It doesn't seem like so. No, even even though he disappointed last week, definitely some leverage to be there. And yeah, you said forty one hundred for him, Matty. That's that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, for what he can do when you're looking at the wide receivers in that range who could pay off uh, in a good matchup. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, we, t- we touched on most of the receivers that I, that uh, I wanted to get to uh, if, if Julio is ruled out Ridley um, do anything for you guys at his price tag, I believe it's 7,900 or no, that's uh, 7,500 for him, 79 for what for Hopkins. So um, I'd rather can't, Go I'd rather pay up for running back is what I was going to say. I'd rather okay. play like a, a Zeke, C-E-H, uh, James Robinson type, like three, two to three of those guys probably. Yeah. yeah, I don't know that I'll have the salary to get to Ridley. I would, you know, if you play like a Teddy team, that's probably where I would get my Ridley exposure because Teddy and Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore don't cost that much. And so you can definitely probably afford – Ridley running back on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think it's more so a cash play uh, for me at all, like in tournaments, because I just, 
I don't want to have any exposure to Matt Ryan. Like I, I just am not going to. He frustrates the hell out of me, and I don't want it to be this week. And if you're playing Ridley, you have to play Matt Ryan in that game because of just even even with the target share that really could expect to see. There's so many other guys that Ryan just feels comfortable throwing the ball to. He's not going to just pepper 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 a guy all the time so you know if Ridley's getting down there in the red zone you know he could give it to Gurley he could throw it to Hurst he could throw it to Zacchaeus he, uh, so many different guys could be popping off and Ridley could still get the get there with the yards and everything and maybe one or two touchdowns but um he's it's not also bananas yeah it's also to the you know the situation obviously everybody's different and every team and every matchup is different but when when these top wide receivers miss games like it, it makes the offense as a whole less efficient because like a Julio Jones, he draws so much attention from the defense and that a guy that's talented as Calvin Ridley is not getting that much attention as Julio. And so he's able to absolutely smash when Julio's out there. So like, does, you know, does the defense start to double cover Ridley more because he's now the obvious top option and Hey, beat me with Russell Gage and, and Zacchaeus, right? So like, and Hayden Hurst, like beat me right. with those guys. I'm taking right. away Calvin Ridley. It's like, I don't, it's those things are things that I try to, you know, think through and I don't always know the answer. So I could definitely see a way, you know, Ridley, he got blanked last week with, and Julio basically didn't play because he was a limited when he was in and then B he was ruled out early in the second quarter. So I could see a similar – like he's not going to get blanked again, but I could see a similar route where Ridley is very limited in production because, you know, double teams and they just focus on him. Yeah, I I, I hear you there. Uh, we got a question in. Uh, TY's been bad, but against the Browns banged up secondary, is there any interest? <laughs> I'd rather play Pascal. Yeah, Pascal. Pascal against the slot. Yep, yep. So some of my Pascal shares in Dynasty have have all, all of a sudden revived now with Philip Rivers yeah. being there. Um, it, it's just so hard to trust Ty. I mean, you thought maybe he could get there um, against the Bears last week, as we were seeing, you know, big plays just even tonight with Tyler Johnson coming into the fold and being able to get some. And Mike Evans, you know, it, I'm not comparing Ty Hilton to Mike Evans level, but like. It, he's he was capable at one point of of doing things in a good matchup and ty just hasn't he just hasn't shown us that he's going to be able to get there and rivers really isn't you know he's just going elsewhere if he can't get there i got three other tight ends who you know want to do something so i'll throw to them instead hello burton mo Ali cox and jack doyle uh it's very frustrating for ty but it's i can't put dfs money onto a guy like that i don't think when and you're talking about brandon cooks maddie being 4100 randall cobbs down there too um there's just so many other spots that seem more enticing kev you got anything else before we move it on to tight end no, I All right, it. so let's let's move it on to tight end. Uh, do some quick hitters here, as we're we're always pretty straightforward with with it comes to the tight end position. Um, Kev, let's start with you. Favorite tight end this week? Uh, Evan Ingram. Uh, Make for that sure. too. Uh, he's way, way too cheap. Um, he's still he's still seeing all the all all the numbers are there for him. He just hasn't really produced. And really, if you look at it. Um, 
Well, the the Cowboys have been terrible as well against the tight end. So I think this is a smash matchup for Evan Ingram, and he's just way too cheap for for what for what his upside is. Like, I mean, he can give you twenty five plus fantasy points. So um, I I just can't get away from that in this matchup. And again, if I was gonna like it, like I like we've said multiple times, I think Daniel Jones, Darius Slayton, and then uh, run Evan Ingram at forty six hundred. I, I think is just too hard to get away from. Yeah, I definitely like the price tag on him. And yeah, to get exposure to so I think Slayton's going to be the guy for me to get exposure to this offense. But it does make sense at a tight end position that's really kind of been horrendous, you know, so to speak, as far as fantasy production goes. Like you get a tight you get a touchdown from the tight end position and it seems like, you know, you, you're chilling. Uh, at least that's what the weeks have been showing us through through one month here. Maddie, you got a guy who's pretty much been. Uh, the alpha outside of George Kittle at the tight end position that you want to play. Talk to us about Darren Waller. Yeah. So, I mean, like Kev said, there's really only two run back options in that game. If you're playing stacking the chiefs and that's Waller and that's Jacobs because those tight end and running backs, we've, that's where you attack Kansas city. They're one of the best defenses against wide receivers. Um, And I think it would be a mistake to try to go play a Renfro or I haven't even seen because I have no interest in them, but I haven't even seen our rugs and Edwards even back to playing. Um, rugs is full. Rugs, yeah, rugs is, is full. Yeah, yeah, but even even then, that that actually helps Waller because rugs takes the top off and Waller can operate more underneath. Um, but yeah, Kansas City is very good at, at defending wide receivers. So uh, I think if there was a guy who could, you know, have a twenty-five to thirty-point game this week, it would be Darren Waller or Evan Ingram. Yeah, and he's he's been eating in tough matchups. I was looking at the the Patriots uh, game with that the Raiders had against them, yeah. and like not really a good matchup for him. But Derek Carr just uh, that's my guy. targeting so, him. Yeah, exactly. I'll go. I'll go back. I'll go back. I'll go back. So just on yeah, pure I mean, volume. Go ahead, Kev. I was gonna say. I mean, if you if you look at Evan Ingram now, I got I got it pulled up. I meant to have it pulled up a minute ago. He he is playing ninety three percent of the snaps, which is fourth best. He's second in routes run. He's third in targets. He's got a 21% target share in this offense. The problem has been he – all of his targets have been has been really low volume. He's got 17 receptions with eighth among tight ends, but he's only got 131 receiving yards and no touchdowns. So all the baseline stats are there. For, I mean, he's going to be out there a ton. He's running a ton of routes, and he's just super cheap. So that, that, that's why, for me, I just I just can't get away from – from Evan Ingram and, and what he can provide. He's also 10th in yards after the catch. So um, the dude's still super explosive. And this, this is kind of one of those nuclear spots. Yeah. The, the yards after the catch thing is big because his a dot is only like five yards per target. So they're not using him deep. They're using him short and relying on his, his athletic ability to, you know, have, have that yak, but we get, same breath. We talked about Daniel Jones. Evan Ingram has had the same tough matchups that Jones has had with San Francisco, the Rams, uh, Pittsburgh, and I don't remember the fourth one off the top of my head, but yeah, it's like four good defenses against the pass in general and especially against the tight end position. And yeah, it's, this is as good as it gets against Dallas. And 4,600 yeah. for the, you're, you're paying for the matchups he's already had and not paying for his Dallas right. matchup. Right. It points points in bunches. You you got to love getting exposure to that game in, in any way, shape or form. Uh, the tight end for me, guys, um, that I, that I had written down and that I was kind of excited to play last week before the game got uh, 
moved was uh, Eric Ebron for Pittsburgh. So he just had uh, seven targets in the week three game going for 52 yards there um, and was really kind of building a rapport. A lot of the beats in out of Pittsburgh were saying that they were, you know, working to get on the same page. And we saw that game kind of come to fruition. And then they were even going to implement him more so in that game against Tennessee. Uh, and now he's coming. So he missed a week. So people might forget about that target game uh, comes in this week. He's facing Philadelphia at home. Uh, we know Ben Roethlisberger has had some success at home. This Philadelphia team, while the targets haven't been there, they're, they've still allowed five touchdowns to the tight end position, which is good enough for, for second, I believe, in, in the league. And uh, yardage, I think they're top five there. Uh, Maddie, you had mentioned that um, Jalen Mills was playing safety. They moved him from safety now, and now he's playing corner. So that's kind of opened things up and, and could be uh, some of the reason why uh, tight ends are having some success at 4k. Uh, I like getting some exposure to, to Pittsburgh when I can. And uh, at the tight end position, that guy scores a touchdown and does a little bit else. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. So uh, I, I like the guys that you guys are talking about, uh, like, like Ingram, like Dalton Schultz this week and the Cowboys in that same game. Um, and definitely like Ebron too at 4K, who just gives me some salary relief on some of those guys to play around, maybe at defense. You, but I mean, I, I would figure though that that most of those targets came because of uh, Deontay Johnson was out with a concussion. So with yeah. Deontay Johnson back, yeah. I think that's going to eat into some of that. No, that that should too. But we've we've seen uh, targets just come in bunches when Ben Roethlisberger is out there, Kev. I mean, the guy's still going to throw. I do like the matchup for James Conner, but I, I think there there just be my the secondary is is not really great for Philly, and there just might be targets enough to go around. He's leaned on the tight ends in the past with, uh, you know, all the guys that he's had there with Vance McDonald and and guys before that. So I, I think that, you know, they brought in Eric Ebron for a reason. And um, at 4K, you know, I, I'm, I'm comfortable playing that when I'm really just looking to get a touchdown out of this position uh, if, I, if I'm paying that price tag and pay up elsewhere. Do we think that finally, you know, after like three weeks in a row of talking about Logan Thomas as being possibly a thing, that maybe now <laughs> Kyle Allen, he might be a thing? Because, I mean, all the records and numbers are still there. I mean, he's he's fifth in, he's fifth in snap share, third in routes run, uh, fifth in targets, uh, what eighth is he in, in target share. What's that? What is he in drops? Has he dropped? Hasn't he dropped a lot of passes? I don't like, know. Has, it been, has it been all Haskins or has it been him – Dropping passes too. Haskins so has been pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, his well, his catch rate is forty six percent, but um, his drop rate is ten point seven percent, which is seventh in the league. Uh, but his target quality has also been a four point two, which is thirty second um, among yeah. all tight ends. So a little bit of both. Yeah, uh, it doesn't really help. Play, but so. Yeah. Like he's thirty five hundred. I mean, one week Logan Thomas is finally going to pay off going to that well, but uh, you know, and it's not a terrible matchup either. So like, I, I don't hate Logan Thomas. I, I think Maddie, didn't you have him down as a GPP play? Not this week. Or was that Ryan? I thought it's. Did I see... Oh yeah, I guess I did have him. Have him <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, hey, I, you don't, well, no, you no, don't no, even I, get the credit now, Ryan. If he well, goes no, off. I, you don't... <laughs> No, I guess I I thought I had taken him off because McLaurin was was uh, questionable. 
or yesterday or what's the yeah Thursday so on the first report he was questionable but I think he came back and practiced full today so if he was going to be missing I, I thought there would definitely be some interest in paying 3600 for him when uh, I was comfortable playing 36 3500 for him with Dwayne Haskins so why would I not do it with Kyle Allen who might have his work cut out for him and have to just you know find tight ends to lean on here but uh but yeah, now that McLaurin's back, I think that's going to be the guy. And I do like Gibson that much more, too. Um, so Thomas would be third for me. Uh, let's talk about defense as we as we get ready to wrap up the pod for the week five breakdown for DraftKings here. And, and defense has really been interesting. You know, paying down has kind of worked out a little bit, but paying up last week or a couple weeks ago is kind of what you needed to do. Um, but, you know, if you paid down for Dallas against the Browns, that really bit you in the ass. Uh, you weren't paying down, I guess, on DraftKings. I think they were in the 3K range, but they were like fourth priced on FanDuel. I know a lot of people play them on FanDuel. That was ugly. Uh, so we come in this week and really not that many pay down options that really interest me as far as like when we're talking about the 2K range, the – 2100 2200 uh i guess the cheapest i'd be willing to go uh would probably be the browns in that matchup uh yep. against against indy at home 2700 if they can get some pressure here uh you're you're liking just what they're getting in the sack category i mean two or more in every game three games in a row where they've gotten three sacks um getting you know getting some picks which you really can't count on but philip rivers has made mistakes before in the past and if they can get a secondary you know healthy enough to run out there and get pressure with Miles Garrett and these guys. Like I do like getting some exposure to them, but I, I do want to find a way to get the chiefs against the, the Raiders here. They're 3,500 and we just seen what they can do to take advantage of teams and, and Derek Carr really, Kev, I think you've talked about this numerous times year in, year out of just how bad this dude looks when he plays against the chiefs and at home there with fans, one of the only stadiums to have fans, this team just, they, they really, this unit is really coming together. Um, and at 3,500, while we're getting defenses that are priced up to 42, well, Patriots are postponed, but Cardinals are 41 Rams are 4,000. Like I still think they can pay off. They just are so, they just do so many different things to try and just, they have a ton of ball Hawks. They get pressure on the quarterback um, I, I just love what they can possibly do when you're talking about paying off a price tag and then on special teams, too, to get some exposure to them there. I definitely like them there. Um, so those are my two guys there. Maddie, what say you at defense? Yeah, I like Cleveland. Uh, they We know Indy wants to run the ball, and Cleveland's been a top 10 run defense this year. Um, and they're near the top of the league as well in, in sacks and pressuring the quarterback. So, yeah. I give me. I always want to sign up for a cheap defense that can get pressure on the quarterback, and we know Indy's going to try to play slow and and run the football, and that's been Cleveland's strength on defense. So I think it's a, a good matchup for them. Uh, I think it's a low scoring game because Indy has a really good defense as well. So uh, yeah, Cleveland defense for me is is where I'm going down low. Yeah, I, mean, I think you start out at the Cardinals at forty one hundred. If you want to pay up, uh, anytime you play the Jets, let's just go there. Um, even though, I mean, you know, I don't know. They went to Joe Flacco this week, so you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe they improve. But I mean, Joe Flacco is just as fucking awful. If well, he's he's worse than Sam Darnold, um, for that matter. So I think Cardinals at forty one hundred. You already mentioned the Chiefs, and then I'm on the Browns as well. I just think that uh, 
though that's probably where I'll go. I, I can't pay down to this this really low tier no. of uh, of tight ends. There's, I don't think you ends. need to this yeah. week. You know, we yeah, talked about no salaries. Yeah, I I think the Browns make a ton of sense. Yeah, I mean twenty seven hundred. Yeah, that's that's probably the range I, I would about as low yeah. as I'd want to go. I just can't see myself going much further. I mean, maybe the Panthers, maybe, maybe. but yeah, but I, I don't love that either. I would so, need Julio's going to be out, but I would definitely need to see Julio out before I did that. Yeah, and so I don't know. Yeah, that's that's probably about as far as I'd go. I did just see it came off the 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 news. Uh, the Bills Titans game is going to be played Tuesday. And then the Chiefs, yeah. so we're going to get Chiefs-Bills on Sunday now because it was supposed to be Thursday That's night, right. and they moved it to Sunday. So we're going to get Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes, which I think that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. So I'm excited to see that game. And that's going to be fun to have on the, the main slate now instead of just being a Thursday night game. Make sure all you guys tune in next week so you can hear us tell Kev how the Bills are going to beat the Chiefs. That's oh, yeah, a lie. That's going <laughs> to be a beautiful thing. I cannot wait for that. But, um, so we, it should be a really good game, though. Yeah, because we're because we're going to get two on Monday because the the Patriots game got where I got moved to four o'clock on Monday, which is fucking weird. Of all times, they could have moved it to. And then yeah, what is that? now we're going to get Tuesday football. So I will I will say though the double headers on Mondays that that's that that's got to be a thing. Like they got to keep that going. Yeah, we've just had it for week one, and I I love having it week one, and then it kind of goes away. You forget about it, but now having it back again in season, it's like, dude, what are we doing without two games on Monday? Plus, with the slates, like getting a two game slate instead of showdown in the week. I love. I miss this the Sunday night, Monday night slates so much. Oh my gosh, yes, those were like those were some of my favorite slates. Yes. But yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of the doubleheader on Monday. DJ and Staple. Um, all right, guys, before we we got a couple more minutes here, and obviously we got to still do the DraftKings build here, but real quick, um, just so we can let the people know, we kind of kept it to our, our, you know, our favorite targets. I know that people had been asking kind of in the reviews and in chats and stuff like that to kind of hone in on our plays. What are our plays? I think we did that, but I wanted to talk about game stacks, kind of where we're going with our ownerships here. It is Thursday. Things are always subject to change and things like that. But Kev, I want to start you off. Where are your favorite games to stack this week i think we're all going to be i think we're all on board on this one the giants and dallas game i mean until that until i get burnt uh you got to keep going back to the whoever dallas is playing on the slate we're just going to go ahead and load that up i mean it's and then kansas city uh, kansas city and the raiders um i I don't love the raider side as much but the kansas city side obviously in the carolina atlanta i think also uh is is where i'm gonna go yeah and then maddie what about you this week uh, Houston and Jacksonville is my favorite this week. I love Deshaun. I think he comes out and goes nuclear with uh, Bill O'Brien gone. Um, Jags are the dead last ranked against the pass. Um, and Jacksonville should be able to keep up on the other side between James Robinson, Chark, and Chenault and all those guys. So, yeah, I think that game scores 60 points and is the oh, highest, wow. scoring game, highest scoring game of the week. I like that. Like that call. Like that call. Um, yeah, and for me, I, I like the Houston Jacksonville game too. I mean, definitely have to have some pieces from the the Giants and and Dallas on on builds. If you're not having any pieces there, then you're just holding your breath on Sunday and really hoping that game uh, does not go the way Vegas and everybody else is expecting. Uh, and then Cincinnati Baltimore, kind of the same way for, with me, Kev, with the Raiders and Chiefs. It's I like getting exposure to the Baltimore side of things, not so much the Cincinnati side, but I, I mean, I, maybe I could find myself Tyler Boyd. Kind of, 
having some Tyler Boyd, yes, or uh, Joe Mixon again. Um, but we'll we'll see what we'll see what happens there. But I definitely like getting to Baltimore for sure. So I'll have to play around with those builds. And as we talk about builds, let's get into the week five DraftKings DFS build here. I'm gonna load it up. And Kev, since you have missed um now two weeks, but last week, um, you started off and and why don't you let us know how this team is going to everything's on the table, Kev. Clean slate. Give me uh I'm going to go Tyreek. Okay. There we go. Maddie, what say you? Uh, Jarek McKinnon. Assuming Moster is out. All right. And we'll, yeah, we'll keep everything updated. Uh, I think I'm, I, we might have missed getting the team out to you guys last week, but definitely we'll make sure we get the team out this week and any adjustments that are made. We'll be sure to share those on the DJ Nation Twitter at DJ Nation Pod. If you're not following out already, please do so. And that's where you can find the team that we're entering here. Uh, McKinnon and Tyreek Hill, that's leaving us. Um, I mean, why the hell not? Let's just go with, with Mahomes 7,700 there with Hill as well, too. I knew I should have went Daniel Jones. <laughs> All right. Well, come on, Kevin. Uh, Give me something to root for here. Evan, Evan Ingram. There we go. Gets exposure to that game through the tight end position, which is pretty ugly. Evan Ingram, 4,600. That gives us 5K, 5K flat per position left. Running back, two wide receivers, flex and defense. Josh Jacobs. Oh, wow. I did not expect you to go there, Maddie, but you did. Uh, let's get run, Josh Jacobs. Run back with Mahomes. I was going to go Waller, but I don't want to do double tight end. That's fair. So we'll plug in Josh Jacobs. He is 6,300, 46 left. Um, all right. I don't want to have to deal with anything. So uh, I'm going to plug in Slayton at 4,800. Just put it on, Kev. <laughs> I'm actually I'm glad you did that. So this is a question I wanted to ask you guys. I was meaning to ask you, but I forgot. Are you okay with playing both Slayton and Ingram on the same team without playing Daniel Jones because of how cheap they are? Because yeah. I, I, I found myself getting to the that build quite often when I was playing around with builds earlier this week. Like I found yeah. myself like because Slayton's cheap and Ingram's cheap, and they're the clear two options in that offense, but. If they both smash, doesn't it make sense to just play Daniel Jones at that point? I don't know. I don't know how I feel. Well, I think that I think just on the way that this game could go, Maddie, if they're up, like, you know, and you you're thinking about if they can get themselves, you know, maybe down the field, but they're having to convert some plays into field goals and so on. DraftKings, you know, these guys can still get there. Like Evan Ingram, for example, you know, if he's getting the 100 yards, you get the three point bonus there. Uh, Slayton takes one to the house. So you, just one touchdown from Jones there, but he gets the, you know, you, he can get the bonus there. And then the catches just matter so much. And the, the volume has been there. Uh, Tate's still there, but I still think at these price tags, two players there, you're looking at, what is that? 9,500 for them. Yeah, and they could, you know, you could definitely still see them getting thirty. You like that at what is that four x four and a half x there? And Jones could still, you know, end up in the twenty range. But we have True. Mahomes who could True. end up in the forty. No, you're right. So okay. I think it's just a matter of who that quarterback is that you're playing with him. Like a Teddy Bridgewater, I, I don't know how you're, you know, you got to play Teddy with two wide receivers there on Carolina and then you figure out a way to possibly run that back right with him getting there. Yeah, so 
I would much rather play Daniel Jones over Teddy. But when we're talking about like guys like Mahomes and Lamar mm-hmm. and you're getting exposure to that game, I think it's fine. Okay. No, that makes sense. I'm on board. So the team right now, Pat Mahomes, Jarek McKinnon, Josh Jacobs, Tyreek Hill, Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram, wide receiver flex, defense is left. Kev, it's on you. 46-33. We're just going to keep the mini stack going, and I'm going to go uh, Michael Gallup. Oh, baby. Mini stack going. Let's do it. 4,200, 4,250, flex and defense left. Work that magic, Maddie. What are you leaving me with? Um, let's see here. Let's go. It's rough. It gets gross, all like really fast. Fifty eight hundred is is awful. Like Crowder, Kenyon Drake, Todd Gurley, Ertz, Higby, Deontay Johnson, Alshon Jeffrey. Ew. Well, let's see. This. These are bad. What if we? You can get to like DJ Moore for six K, but you'd have to well twenty so, five hundred defense unless you're you were, cool with the Panthers. Well, I was gonna say if you were gonna play Browns D, which I think that's your favorite D. Yeah, that's I what be, I was looking at. So it's fifty eight hundred left at flex. I'd I'd be willing to drop down from Mahomes to Dak to get C D Lamb in the flex. I can yeah, let's do that because we only have one Tyreek one chief with Mahomes. Yeah. So our mini our mini stack would then just be the, you know, Chiefs and Raiders game, and hoping the points come from those two guys. But then we would have the Dallas and Giants stack. Yeah, without Amari, yeah, it makes it would definitely sense. be contrarian. Let's do that. You on board for that, Kev? So we're running Lamb and Gallup. Lamb and Gallup with Dak. With Dak instead of Mahomes. Would you rather play Lamb or, or Amari? I don't think we can get to Amari. I I would rather play Amari, but yeah, I would, I would rather seventy four hundred. If I'm so if we I can, so this is how team, we would do I would it. Do so we can do it. Amari. Well, we <laughs> can do ahead. it. So what we would do is uh, I would drop um, Gallup down to Brandon Cooks, who's forty one hundred, and then pay up okay. for Amari at seventy four, we'll and we'll we have enough. I love that. Yeah, heck yeah, I do love that. We don't have any Jacksonville Houston exposure to that team before that, actually, Matty. Uh, and then we've got Amari in the flex. Brandon Cook season. Zero salary left yeah. over. Mm. Yeah, I just want to make sure we had it. everybody in the flex who was going later. So, yeah, I mean, zero salary left over. The team, Dak Prescott, Jarek McKinnon, Josh Jacobs, Tyree Kill, Darius Slayton, Brandon Cooks, Evan Ingram, Amari Cooper, Browns D. Locking it in, guys. Locking it in. That's we will tasty. share. We will share this team on the DJ Nation. We'll let you guys know what uh, what tournament that in. All these teams do go into tournaments, um, so we'll share that with you guys uh, both on Twitter and in the Slack channel, uh, which is still going strong. So, guys, if you want to be into our Slack channel, the Fantasy Authority Slack channel, where it has Dynasty redraft. Uh, DFS talk, uh, any general talk just about fantasy questions that you guys want in there. Appreciate everybody getting the questions in here for the show. But if you want your start sit questions answered, if you want redraft and dynasty questions answered, you got to get into our Slack chat. So reach out to the fantasy authority at FF underscore authority or reach out to us at DJ Nation, DJ Nation pod on Twitter. 
Guys, that's signed, sealed, delivered. That's going to do it for the week five DraftKings breakdown. We got the Godfather back this week. Got a strong build going on. Telling you guys where you should be getting your ownership's exposure on a Thursday. You got to love it here. We're always bringing the heat at the DGen Nation. Guys, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel there. You can see it at the bottom right-hand corner. Get subscribed. Like the show. Uh, like the video comment if you if you so choose to make sure you're rating and reviewing the podcast on your podcasting software and uh yeah let's get it for week five and just hope that we can keep the football thing rolling everything's going strong nfl's got it under control it seems like drop the hammer on tennessee let's get rid of this stuff and let's just let's just get out there and play football but uh we we love what we're seeing we hope to see you guys on the leaderboards we hope to see you guys sending the screenshots getting that money and signing off for the Godfather, Kevin Steele himself at Fantasy Route 13. Signing off for Maddie Dixon at Maddie DFS. Ryan Williams at Ryan Alexander underscore W. That's where you can find all of us on Twitter. We'll catch you guys back next week for the Week 6 DraftKings Breakdown. Until then, peace. Think you can tell me what to do? Know who you're talking to? transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money.